1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Here we are, hour two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL, amfm.com, and the Odyssey app. Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. Coming up at the bottom half of this hour, Glenn Gilbo with outkick.com covering the SEC will join us about this game today between LSU and Mississippi State. Phone lines are open as well at 504-260-1870. They're back up and running. Herb, uh, give me a couple of musts for LSU to come away with a victory today.
3: We must stop Will Rogers from throwing the football all over the park, um, all over the yard. Uh, He's doing very well right now. Um, I think that's one key um, you know we gotta you know do a, a better job of defending these crossing routes because we know they're gonna come at us all kind of ways we don't want to get in a shootout with them um you know if we can get three or four stops and then we score on those opportunities against them um i think we'll be fine i think we need to go ahead and, and trust in our young running backs again um you know put the ball in their hands let them let them see what they can do and I think that Max Johnson, if he continues to be as efficient and as 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 you know trustworthy as he has been, not only with the football but with the team, with the keys to the Cadillac, as they say, um, I, I think we'll be fine. I, I just you know I just I think that these guys have got, gained a lot of confidence from last week going into this week. Now of course they're going into Mississippi, um, in Starkville, and trying to you know come out of you know, victoriously in the SEC um, opponent that can be really, uh, you know, like a mystery, like 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 Mike was saying, is there really a mystery? But if anybody can do it, I think a, a coach at Ogeron LSU team can go in there today and do it, a team that nobody expects to go in there and do it also. So um, I, just, I just think in at 11 o'clock, I think it's going to be, a fun game to watch, and I think that it's going to be really cool to see our young guys start to grow up again, continue to grow up right in front of our eyes.
2: Right to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines, we find Nathan. Go ahead, Nathan, you're on WWL. Hey, Christian, man. I just wanted to mention, I heard you
4: talking about that fast-track uh, offense around 2000,
2: 2000. It's actually early in the early 90s, or late 90s, actually.
4: Right, that's what I was calling. Look, I, I witnessed it myself at Southern in Baton Rouge. Uh, I was attending Southern at the time when uh, Willie Totten was the uh, quarterback for Mississippi State, and Jerry Rice was the receiver. Man, I don't think they went to a huddle. Jerry Rice
2: didn't it. go to Mississippi so, State. Jerry I Rice mean, didn't um, go. Uh,
4: Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi Valley State came to Baton Rouge that night, played Southern. And they didn't go to one huddle in 84-85. I was at that game the whole night. Hmm. They never even went to a huddle, four quarters. Wow. They were running that offense way back in 84 85. I don't know where it started, but they showed Randy back in.
2: Well, it's, it, goes to show you, it goes even further. My, my yes, recollection sir. was yes. that it went back to the 90s, early 90s, and mid to the late 90s because – I read a book about the warp speed no huddle in the, in the late 90s um, from Jack Reed on coaching youth football, and it was the warp speed no huddle. And uh, to my knowledge, that was the start of it. But it, it sounds like there was it was even before that.
4: I, I was at that game, and uh, I get in this bad zone out here. Uh, I think LSU uh, key a big, not the key, but one of the big keys. what I heard her say, I think if we can run the ball get anywhere from 90 to 115 yards rushing today, from our running back, to control the
3: clock a little bit. I think we can come out successful today. Yep, I agree. agree with that.
2: Nathan, thanks for the phone call. Give get my call now. You bet. Thank you. Take care of yourself. All Joe on the line on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, how you doing, man? So, really just wanted to say, uh, you know, I hope LSU doesn't make the mistake of, uh, you know, playing those guys like Cole Moore and, you know, Jarred Jenkins.
1: I think, uh, you know, Jack Beck, especially on third down, I mean, I don't think he should come off the field at all. I think that guy is a major, miss, you know, mismatch. Uh, and as far as Deion Smith, I mean, he
2: showed you what he could do with the ball in his
1: hands. Uh, you know, I think we give those young guys a chance. I think today
5: probably is going to be a shootout. Uh, you know, if I had to guess, I love the D-line. Uh, you know, I love that the uh, defensive backs have proven. So I have a little question marks about the linebackers, but I like
2: LSU today, especially the cover the spread too. Yep. They're favored by three and a half, three points. Two
3: I agree. Boys. And look, another name that we hadn't talked about on the receiving core who had a really good game last week was Devontae Lee. And we hadn't seen Devontae Lee play well since he's been there, essentially. You know, he, hadn't even, he was going back and forth from offense to defense, playing different positions. But he came in last week. He had a, a, a real solid game, five catches, 47 yards and the touchdown. I think that that's also an older guy who's starting to develop, right? And I say older, but, you know, he's he's starting to develop into his own. And, and hopefully he can help those younger guys, you know, uh, out with just uh, showing how hungry he is to be on the field. And maybe that'll push those other younger guys to continue to play as well as they are. And I agree with Jack Besh being on the field all the time. Especially on third downs, because this guy is a is, a, is a, a just a catching machine. He catches the football. Haven't seen him drop anything yet.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Y'all have a good day. All right, Joe, take care of yourself. You we'll step away and come back later on in about uh, twenty minutes or so. We'll visit with Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com previewing LSU and Mississippi State, and it's right here at 11 a.m. on the home of the Tigers. WWL, it's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show with Herb Tyler and Christian Garrick. I'm not in front of Herb, but I can see him dancing. He's, he's shaking a little bit. Loves you, know what, his, you know Loves what, man. his music. That's
4: right.
2: Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Good morning to everybody. If you're just joining us, 11 a.m. kickoff today in Starkville. Doug on uh, our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. Go ahead, Doug. You're on WWL. Hey, good morning, guys.
0: Good morning, uh, Doug. Good morning. Yeah, I noticed you had a lot of traction on the subject about the run
2: and shoot, and it just Well, it was so really happened, about the warp, speed, on... no huddle. Not so much the run and shoot, but the warp, speed, no huddle concept.
0: Right. Um, the evolution of that, actually, on this documentary I saw, Mouse Davis, who was coaching in Portland State in the mid 70s up until around 80, you may remember the quarterback that he had during that time, um, Neil Lomax. Yeah. And that, that was actually the birth of that type of style of, of football. And from there, I'll take you yeah, another step back. A coach that we're, that we're playing today, uh, Mike Leach and Hal Mummy, were at Valdosta State back in the, in the early 80s before Hal Mummy went on to Kentucky. And, of course, your, your caller a few minutes ago was right back at Mississippi Valley State. Um, they also, with Willie Totten, the quarterback, and Jerry Rice, of course, Hall of Famer. But that's kind of, uh, you know, the 70s, 80s. That's kind of the picture of, of how that's evolved. And uh, the excitement of, of uh, that that game that started back then has really become, you know, what it is today across the country. And, uh, you know, um that's that's Doug, my, my take on it uh, it's a great offense and and it goes back a long way
2: Doug they did run a uh, no huddle offense but warp speed was let me be cl- I wasn't clear enough when I talked about this earlier the warp warp speed no huddle concept again came from Jack Reed he's a, he's a coach uh, a little league uh, youth football coach and, and high school football coach in California and his rule was that they, his offense snapped the football within three seconds after the official blows the ball ready to play. You know, after each down plays over, the official gets the ball, he spots it, and then he blows it ready to play. So you're right, they did run a no huddle, but the warp speed, the true warp speed concept came from a guy named Jack Reed who literally his teams would snap the ball within three seconds after the, the official blew the ball ready to play, whistled the ball ready to play. That's amazing to think about because uh, there, there yeah. are teams that, that go fast, right? There are teams that have been going fast for a while. You mentioned that, and I agree with you, Portland. And, oh, by the way, Mouse Davis, do you know who, who, who he was influenced by?
0: Well, I'll, I will say I don't know who he
2: was influenced by,
0: but I know that in the 2006 era, uh, Jerry Glanville took the job at Portland State, and he brought Mouse Davis back in uh,
2: to run his shoot. Yeah, the run and run and shoot. That's correct. But Mouse Davis, Mouse Davis um, was influenced by a guy named Tiger Ellison. Mouse Davis gets credit for uh, inventing the run and shoot. He didn't invent the run and shoot. He, he, it was invented by a guy named Tiger Ellison. And uh, I'm, I'm, The reason why I know this is because I geeked out and read a bunch of stuff about these offenses, the run and shoot, uh, and everybody calls the swinging gate, you know, that, that play where everybody's, you know, Herb, uh, you see it down around the goal line where, you know, they'll have yeah, a center like that's a uncovered, mm-hmm. and then the offensive line, everybody's all, all to the left, and that's actually, mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole offense based off of that formation. It's called the Lonesome Polecat by Tiger Ellison, um, <laughs> and and I studied that because I ended up running a little bit of it when I was in youth football, coaching youth football. We ran some some variations of that, but, yeah, the original yeah. run and shoot, uh, was invented by Tiger Ellison and he and uh, Mouse Davis gets a lot of credit because look, Mouse Davis took it to another another level. And I'll give you an excerpt from the book. Uh, Tiger Ellison talks about uh, the he called uh, a certain defender of safeties in, in, on defense. They nicknamed him the backside gangster. That was uh, that was a term for safeties on the back on the back end of of, of the defense. And is a really complicated complicated scheme, but. Yeah, I, I've I've read a lot of these books, uh, because I, again, I was coaching youth football and I was trying to ultimately gain a contrarian edge, and then on top of that, run something that was that was different that that nobody was running. You know, everybody in youth football typically runs, you know, an I formation or split back, and I wanted to be the guy yeah. that was like, I'm gonna show you something that you don't see every week. But anyway, let me get back on track. Um, yeah. but, well, but awesome, yeah,
0: and yeah and I I want to thank y'all for taking my call and and certainly you know I'm a Tiger fan and and uh everything that's kind of transpired from last year moving into this year you know if you're not a Tiger fan or if you are a Tiger fan you got to be on the edge of your seat today because of of who you're playing uh I was at the game when LSU went to Mississippi State uh a few years back and lost what 30 something to nothing or whatever whatever it was it was a, a horrible outing but um
2: you Just know, you gotta miles. hope that, that was one of Miles' last games. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hope they
0: got some confidence from from last week and from the practicing this week, and hopefully we see a, a tiger team that we'll see more the rest of this season, and and they'll go in there and get a victory today.
1: That's right.
2: All right, all right, Doug. I hope so too. Thank you a lot. Go. So Herb, right, next Doug. time Thank you, you next time you're around anybody watching football and you see the the swinging gate, you can say no, 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 it's actually not the swinging gate. It's called the Lonesome Polecat.
3: <laughs> the Lonesome Polecat. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You've been ed- always hated that it. play. You know who does that play every, uh, I guess, every time they kick a field goal? John Curtis, no. Patriots. Yeah. Every time yeah. they yeah. kick a field goal, they, they use that play. They that's just right. want to catch you off guard. If you're not over there, they're going to throw it to running back, whoever it is, over there now, out in the flat, and they're going to run it in for two points
4: every Yeah, time.
2: that's exactly right. They're looking for – you do not know how to line up against that formation. And what, yep. what a lot of people don't realize is the center, the guy that's snapping the ball, is actually eligible for a pass.
3: Yep. For the pass, correct.
2: So so many defenders um, regard him as, oh, well, he's snapping a ball. He can't be. How can a center uh, be eligible for, for a pass? But he is in that formation because he's uncovered in that formation. So, sorry to get too technical for those that might be listening, but I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by those oddball um, offenses in particular, um, the single wing with a spinning fullback. Do you know who invented that offense?
3: Single wing with a spinning
1: fullback. Yep. Mm,
3: Not the single nope. wing,
2: but just the, with a the spinning fullback. A guy right, named John, Ald, a, a guy named John Aldridge. I read his book as well, and so okay. basi- Basically, there's no quarterback in this offense. There's, that's right. A that's right. right.
3: That's right. That's right. That's right.
2: That's what the single wing in general. that's
3: that's an offense that was a long time ago, right?
2: Leather helmet. It started football. It was it, right. it, that was the mm-hmm. offense that then it d- developed into what they call the Notre Dame box, right? Uh, where we saw mm-hmm. Notre Dame, and it's the same formation. It's a single wing. They just called it the Notre Dame box. But that that's how test, time-tested that offense is. It's been around since the start of football. It's, uh, yeah. That's why it's so successful, to be honest with you, yep. to this day. All right, we'll stop nerding out. We'll step away and come back. Uh, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com is next here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick hanging out on this uh, glorious Saturday morning. Beautiful weather. Couldn't be more uh, – picturesque, if you will, if you look at the skyline, et cetera. We welcome in now Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com, formerly of USA Today. And, Glenn, congratulations on the move to Outkick. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Um, good morning. You know, one of my one of my favorite sites to visit is Outkick.com. You got some funny, good uh, content, um, solid reads. Uh, check it out at Outkick.com. Uh, Glenn, LSU coach Ed Ogeron, you penned an article at OutKick.com. He's basically fighting for – he's coaching for his football head coaching life, so to speak, right, tonight? Yeah, tomorrow, I just I think say. when
1: you when, – right, when you, uh, when you look at the schedule and you look how they've played up to this point, uh, they really need to beat Mississippi State to kind of uh, get their su- stuff together uh, before they head into uh, more difficult games. Because if they can't beat Mississippi State, you really got to wonder, you know, wh- how many how many games they can win after this because uh, I would say every team on the schedule after Mississippi State is better than Mississippi State, except Louisiana Monroe.
2: Yeah, and it's amazing to think about, and you pointed out in your article, and people think, oh, well, he just won a national championship. Well, first off, that's not really just the standard is a win-one and then you got a five-year grace period. It happened at Auburn. With Gene Chizik, two years removed from the national championship, he was gone.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how similar those situations are because he, uh, you know, he got a transfer quarterback and Cam Newton, who won the Heisman, who was the greatest quarterback ever at that time. And then Joe Burrow is very much the same thing. And then after Cam, Auburn slipped to five losses. After Burrow, LSU slipped to five losses last year. And uh, you know, it looks like they could be in that range again this year.
3: Glenn, why do you think that LSU is in the position that they're in right now, and Coach O um, has been, I guess, uh, not gotten back to that 2019 status, or at least somewhere near that? What do you think the reason is? Yeah,
1: it's it's strange because he's got he's got three top five recruiting classes since. Uh, since 2019, you know, that, that's on the roster now. And they had good recruiting classes before that. I, I think it's um, some, uh, even under Les Miles, too, the LSU 10s and under Coach O, they, they, they tend not to replenish the roster very well with their recruiting classes, which that doesn't show up in the rankings. You know, the rankings are just based on how high each kid is ranked, not fairly, mm-hmm. right. not, not necessarily how you filled up your position. And uh, you know they just haven't recruited the offensive line well, and and they do have some good recruits on the line, but but they haven't developed. And I think we we see that in the uh, in the secondary and at linebacker, uh, players just not developing commensurate to their recruiting, if you will. Now that's
2: on the coach then. That's that's coaching.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely coaching. Um, and I, I think um, Coach Orgeron might be slipping into the same situation that les was in he uh, he's starting to hire coaches because they know how to recruit you know you got to make sure you got coaches who can coach and i and i, and I think uh they you know they, their offensive line the switch over to brad davis from james craig i don't i think that's a that's a struggle james craig was an excellent offensive line coach and he got hired in june fired in june and brad davis came in from arkansas right then and and Ed Ingram had, had said that, you know, that, that's kind of a quick transition. So that's been part of the problem there. Uh, and then, you know, they've had different defensive coordinators. And, uh, you know, that that, those, that didn't work out last year. And, and uh, they, they changed defensive coordinators to Durante Jones. But he's, he's kind of a rookie, you know. And, and that showed against Chip Kelly at UCLA. And he's got another offensive mastermind Durante's got to go against today and Mike Leach.
2: Glenn, James Craig his firing his sudden firing do we ever find out why what happened
1: well um, he uh, he was not known as a great recruiter as i was saying earlier and uh, he also there there may there were some allegations of some recruiting violations yeah. with him and a uh, and a prospect but that still amazed me that with just that one instance they they fired him especially when you look at what Will Wade is accused of and they you know they've kept him. So that kind of surprised me and I think maybe they're trying to make themselves look good toward the NCAA so they can say they fired James Craig, James Craig. but uh, you know that uh, that might have been a mistake at that time.
2: Glenn Gilbo outkick.com here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and show, Glenn. I think you hit the nail on the head in particular when you talked about the recruiting classes have been uh, top five. And, and it's not – it's never really been the problem for LSU of the procurement for talent but the development of that talent. And that's the difference, I think, between Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Those three programs get the top classes, but they also develop them. And I think a lot of people felt like after 2019 when LSU won the national championship, they went 15-0 and um, – and uh and they they have regressed to a degree, and I think that's that's the part where I think lSU fans are frustrated because you, you felt like, all right, finally LSU got to that point where they're at the level of Clemson and Alabama, and clearly they're not,
1: yeah, you know lSU has never really been able to be great year after year. you know, it's kind of happened every every few years, you know they they kind of cycle in and cycle out, they haven't quite been able to have the consistency of the national powers like Alabama and, and Clemson have had. Um, and You know, it's it's tough to admit for LSU fans, but I, I think you have to look at that Auburn situation. You know, you, you might have just got real lucky with an extraordinary quarterback for a year or two uh, that really, you know, uplifted a program that was pretty good to, to great, But it, but it didn't last, you know. And uh, they uh, they just have to be better at, at developing players and managing the roster better and having depth. I mean, mm-hmm. right now you know, LSU doesn't know who its left tackle is uh, on offense, right. and, and their offensive line got pushed around by McNeese State a couple of weeks ago. You know, so that that just shouldn't happen to a program like LSU.
3: No, would you agree? Kind of cycling out offensive and defensive coordinators. I guess what has been three years in three different offensive and defense coordinators so far. So that's, that has to make it tough for these guys to actually develop anybody because they're not, they're not there long enough to develop them. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, that is, that is part of the problem. Uh, you know, and, and, and when, when you have a head coach, who's not really in, in like a coordinator, you know, who's not an expert on one side of the, the ball, he's always hiring coordinators on both sides. Like, You know, for example, like, um, you know, Nick Saban's a defensive coordinator type coach. He's never really concerned who his defensive coordinator is. He's got to change offensive coordinators. Jimbo Fisher's never going to be concerned who his offensive coordinator is at A&M because he's the offensive coordinator. So he's just looking for making sure he's got a good D.C. Well, Coach O, ever since he took over, and really Les Miles, too, they're constantly having to replace offensive and defensive coordinators. You know, just every other year they're replacing one or the other. And uh, that does that does lead to problems as far as continuity.
2: Glenn Gilbo Outkick com. Glenn, uh, describe what your, your role is going to be at Outkick.
1: Well, I'm one of two uh, SEC writers. Trey Wallace kind of focuses on the SEC East. I focus on the the SEC West, and uh, we, we cover the the league as a whole and and go to the the top games. I'm at Arkansas, Auburn. I mean Arkansas. Um, Texas A&M today in, um, in the Dallas area at Jerry World. Last week I was at Florida and Alabama, and then next week I'll be at the uh, Old Miss at Alabama game. Uh, so it's it's pretty exciting. you know. I've always wanted to just cover the league as a whole, and that's what I'm finally doing.
2: Has Max Johnson, Glenn, done enough to unequivocally be the quarterback, even when Miles Brennan returns to action?
1: Oh, I think so. I, I think Max was was probably going to beat out Miles. Had Miles stayed healthy? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was he was ahead, and um, you know Max has played well. I mean, considering he, he didn't have a lot of time to do anything against UCLA, he hasn't had a lot of protection, hasn't had a very good running game, but he, he's played well. I mean, they do they have get some good receivers, and he's he's been able to uh, put up some good numbers. You know, around some issues. I mean, they still can't run the ball that well. Uh, they they need some more speed at at running back. Maybe we'll see more of Armani Goodwin today uh, that that could help, and they hope to get John Emery back. He's he's academically uh, suspended at the moment, but that's in court. They they may hear on that today from the uh, Montgomery attorney. But, um, no, I I think Max has played as well as could be.
2: It's a little surprised. Glenn, I usually agree with 99 percent of what you say but um you cover the team on a day in and day out basis I, I just thought that miles brennan's experience would win out over max johnson's inexperience
1: well but miles really he didn't he doesn't have a, that much experience as a starter you know he just started the three games last year uh max started two and miles played um you know, a little bit earlier in his career, but he, I mean, he has been in the program longer than Max, that's for sure. But again, that's under different offensive coordinators. Yep. Um, so, um, and, and I think what really what it would help Max, uh, you know, get into the quarterback picture last year is he's a better athlete and a better runner than, uh, than Miles.
2: I agree there. I mean, I just, again, you, you cover, you cover this team day in and day out, uh, so I, well not I anymore not anymore i know not anymore but you have you <laughs> i, I I'm, I'm i'm ceding to the idea that you have greater uh working knowledge uh of that program just in in general on a day-to-day basis because how long you covered um that 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 team for so long herb tyler christian well, Garrett yeah. here thank Go you ahead, it was it was close miles um you know i think
1: miles uh it's unfortunate because he would have definitely had a chance to, to win the job this past August. Uh, but but now, you know, it, it, I don't know if he's going to come back or, or uh, you know, go ahead and get into the to the pros now. But he's he just had, you know, he's, he's had some bad luck. I mean, he had two, that injury last year after he became the starter and then this uh, freakish uh, boat accident. That's just bad luck.
2: Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com hanging out here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show with Herb Tyler and, Christian Garrick and Glenn, uh, how much have you seen of Mississippi State, and and how how do you think they're going to attack LSU?
1: Well, I think they're going to attack them like they attacked them last year when when KJ Costello set the SEC passing record at 623 yards. Um, You know, and they and LSU didn't have LSU didn't have Derek Stingley in that game. Uh, He was he was ill the, the night before, was rushed to the hospital. It turned out to be okay, but. But now Derek is very questionable with a with a foot injury that's been bothering him since uh, since August. Uh, so they're going to miss him today because Will Rogers is a freshman who actually took over for KJ last season and became a very solid quarterback. He threw the ball 60 times uh, last week against Memphis. Uh, you know, Coach Leach really exposed the issues LSU has with crossing routes in the secondary. So I think you're going to see quite a bit of that today again. Yep.
2: Why are they having such a hard time with the cross? It's not new. It's not a new concept.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. I mean, that's that's been around as long as uh, football has been. But, you know, the, the, the middle of the field for, for LSU has, has just been a major issue the last two seasons. You know, you see gaping holes in the running game. And in the uh, in the passing game, uh, they you know they did get rid of Bo Pelini, the defensive coordinator last year, but they, they still have a lot of the same problems, uh, and you know a lot of the same players. Um, so uh, and and you know the pass rush is good. They, they, LSU leads the nation in sacks right now. So and they got a good defensive line, mm-hmm. they have some talented secondary players. You know even with Stingley out. So again, that that goes to coaching. They got they got talent there. They just got to do some basics in coverage, and, uh, you know, they'll have you a know, better Glenn,
3: chance. You know, Glenn, what I see is on the back half of the defense, I don't see a true leader out there that's really vocal and that's, you know, just leading the charge and, and, and that has instincts like, you know, like your you know your, your honey badger type of players or whatever. Not to say that, you know, anybody's going to be that, but just somebody that can be vocal, that can lead, and that can also just, you know, see the ball, see what's going on, anticipate – whatever's happening and and be almost like a player coach out there on the field.
1: That is true. I mean, as as good as Stingley is and has been in his career, he's he's never really, you know, a vocal leader. Uh, You know, you got Todd Harris. um, But uh, they, uh, you know, first things first. I mean, they they got to get some of their coverage uh, down uh, in in the secondary uh, because, you know, UCLA – the quarterback averaged 28 yards uh, uh, a completion. He only he only completed nine passes, but 260 yards. And uh, you know that that Will Rogers is going to put it up a lot today, and yep. and Mike Lee is going to be able to take advantage of some of that. But yeah, they they, they need leadership. They need some uh, sounder coverage, and they and they have had you know quite a few injuries back there um, with um, uh You know, in addition to Stingley, so. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough day. I mean, Coach Argeron basically admitted that. He said, you know, they're probably gonna to have to outscore him because he he knows Mississippi State's gonna score.
2: Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Hanging out with Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. He's the SEC West uh, guy for Outkick.com. And uh, Glenn, thank you so much for the time. We certainly appreciate it.
1: All right, guys. Wish I had better news for the for the Tigers. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they can pull this one out, if they
2: can pull this one out, they may be on their way. So,
3: I think, I think they're going to do it, Glenn. I think they'll do it.
2: All right, thank you. All right, Glenn. There it goes, Glenn Gilbo. All right, Outkick dot com. Herb, I, I think you you know you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the leadership uh, on the back end, communicating like a guy like Grant Delpit, the honey. Badger, Delpit, et right. You yeah. know, uh, but from uh, you're an offensive guy, you play quarterback. I, can you tell me why they're having such a hard time with the, the the crossing routes? Is it? I mean, I know it's a communication issue, but is there something further with that?
3: I don't think it is. I just think that I just think that they, you know, it's football. Play the game. You know what I'm saying? Don't think too much about it. Talk about what's going on. You have who whoever has whatever responsibility, and just react to what's going on. Don't just Uh, you know it's one of those things where to me it looks like they're overthinking what their responsibilities are and not just playing the game and it's reacting to what's happening out there in front of their eyes and I think that's the that's the thing I was trying to get at when I said on on the back half of the defense is the safeties in the back you know they they should be vocal enough to you know to and see things and react to certain things they should be able to 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 make a move or, or have guys in the right positioning and things like that, but I, I just don't. I think it's just overthinking the responsibilities.
2: Could it be a too complex of a scheme? I mean, we see these coaches; they understand it, but sometimes the kids don't.
3: Mm, I don't know. I, I really don't see that this defense is that really that complex. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm not there every day either, though. But I don't think it's that complex of of a defense they're not doing anything anything different you know than what they were doing last year or the year before or whatever I really don't see that I mean I thought Dave Aranda had more of a complex defense than anything because I think that's one of the reasons why coach O wanted to kind of get away from Dave Aranda's defensive scheme was just kind of let the guys fly around the ball
2: he's hurt Tyler I'm Christian Garrick. you know I'm sorry man that's okay this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger. I don't really think
3: Trust that, that uh, difficult uh, or complex of a scheme. Let me say that.
2: I got you. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We got Jimmy and Gretna when we return from our break here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Quickly to our Oakenheart Jeweler talking text lines. We find Jimmy and Gretna. What's going on, Jimmy? You're on WWL.
1: Hey, how's it going? Christian and Herb.
2: What's so <laughs> up, Jimmy? A,
1: a quick yeah, Man, quick I got a little. A half I something. got a little frog, and
2: I'm not usually up this early,
1: but it's an early kickoff. I'll, I have two questions. I want to get Herb's uh, opinion. You know, he's a former LSU quarterback. Two things: What's the extent of Derek Stingley's injury, <laughs> and what are the what's the truth in the rumors that Cocho might be on the hot seat for all you know for issues with uh, players, allegations, and rumors? Obviously, I want him to stay. I think he's an asset to this uh, program. What's your take
4: on those two things?
3: Yeah, so Derek Stingling Jr, I think he, like he uh like Glenn was saying he's got a little bit of a, a a foot problem that he's been dealing with for quite some time. And then the coach O thing, he's not going I don't think he's on a hot seat uh for, you know, allegations of players right now. I think LSU is doing a good job behind the scenes of taking care of that kind of stuff. He's on the hot seat cuz they're not going if, if they if they don't win. That's what hot seat he's going to be on just he's got to make sure he takes this program to the next level and continue a consistent um, basis on that. So that's what my two takes are on that.
2: Yeah, Herb, th- those those hot seat rumors about, uh, you know, incidents with players will just be ancillary based on his yeah. stay here, um, based on his record. It, it's really about how he performs how he as performs, the head coach. Right. And then the other stuff will be on top of, hey, not only did he not – or did he, but did not um, – you know, coach. Well, he's also had this, this, and this. That'll be an ancillary conversation that boosters uh, and the TAF would would have over this conversation. Is hey, not only yep. does he have the off the field stuff with players, the, the, those incidents with Darius, guys, etc., but he also went seven and five. That's what that would be the conversation. It would ultimately be about his record. And we got a long way to go. We're still, it's, believe it or not, we're still very young uh, into this season. I mean, it's a, it's a very young yeah. season. The sun is not setting just yet. So. Still got to nope. wait and see how this LSU Tiger uh, team performs today, in particular against Mississippi State. And then it's on to Auburn and then uh, Ole Miss and uh, Alabama, Florida, uh, jo- uh, excuse me, not Georgia, Arkansas, A&M. So this is just the beginning of the gauntlet. Let's see. And Coach O's been here before, Herb. He's been in situations like this before where people were saying, he, yep. you know, his, his job's on the line and he, he goes out and pulls right. off some wins.
3: Yeah, and I believe today is going to be the beginning of that. He's going to start that off today against – Mississippi State. He's just got to make sure his guys play fast, Um, you know, not think too much and just enjoy the time of playing SEC football and then protect uh, protect Max, run the ball a little bit. Young receivers make some catches, and the defense just got to stop the crossing routes, and they got to, you know, get Mississippi State off the field at some point, just create some turnovers.
2: All right, that's pretty much a wrap for our show. Get ready to hear a lot of cowbells going on uh, starting at 11 a.m., for LSU and Mississippi State, I want to thank David Potter at Master Control, our executive producer and operations and brand, brand manager, mm-hmm. Diane Newman. I'm Christian Garrick, Semper Fi. I'm out. Herb, do you think, man? Hey, we love you. God
3: love you. Go Tigers, baby.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.